Good afternoon, everyone. Uh, welcome to the Rangers review. Uh, well, afternoon briefing, we'll have to call it today, Stevie. Um, we are not five hours late. We did tell everyone in advance that this would be this afternoon, Stevie. But we're here to look back on Rangers 2, Ross County 1 from the weekend. Uh, Stevie, firstly, how, how are you getting on uh, after the, the game? What was it, two days ago? Feels like a long time ago now. Yeah. Um, hi, everybody. Um, afternoon, everyone, I suppose. Yep. Um, yeah, I mean, listen, it's three points. I'm sure we'll dissect it all. There was good and bad throughout it all, but the, the run keeps going, which ultimately end of the day is the most important, but we have seen better performances. So look forward to chatting it all through. Yeah, and just a reminder to everyone, as you know, Seneca are, are, are our sponsors. That's a hard sentence to say, Stevie. Hair restoration, the best in Europe, not hair transportation, as I called it uh, last week. You know the drill by now, but if you are thinking about that, uh, no better place than Seneca. All the links are in the description as well. And a reminder that you can actually win two free hospitality tickets uh, for Rangers against Partick Thistle this weekend. The link is in the description. It's going along the bottom of the screen as well, and you can enter that uh, entirely for free. All you need to do is... Um, Sign up to our free newsletter. That's what I'm looking for. And uh, be entered in with a chance of winning hospitality tickets for that game at the weekend. Um, I think that's us. Got the admin out of the way, Stevie. So let's get right into it. Rangers 2, Ross County 1. Rangers were coming off the back of a, a really impressive win against Hearts at Tynecastle, But more than anything, Stevie, a really impressive performance. I think to most people's memory, <clears throat> it was the best um, performance that Rangers have put on in the league for some time. There's an argument that it was the best in about a year, I think, both on and off the ball. They should have scored a lot more goals. We knew it was going to be a different game at home to Ross County, and, and that's how it materialised. I think there were still some um, positives to take, as you say, while, as Michael Beale alluded to in the uh, post-match press conference, the difficult bit for this team to develop is how do you break down a team and, and set the tempo and make and as exciting, I guess, as it was against Hearts in midweek. Um, we'll, we'll just start with the main takeaway, Stevie. Who stood out to you? Uh, who impressed you, and what did you make of the game overall? Uh, well, I think firstly there was a great atmosphere, as you said, going into. It. I think everyone was, you know, in good spirits. I think everybody was really looking forward to it. And it does come back off um, the performance on Wednesday night, and the and the team, listen, manager, everybody deserved it because it really was a fantastic display. So we were on Thursday, we covered it quite a bit, and. Um, you know, we were rightly looking positive to, towards Saturday. There was maybe a wee bit of over-enthusiasm, certainly on my own um, part. I thought we were going to, you know, get such a, a brilliant steamroller kind of performance. Um, it didn't quite happen, but credit to Ross County because they always make it difficult for us. It's always a good competitive game. They came and had a right go. They were kind of open a wee bit. Um, and I think the injury after five, six minutes... Joshua completely changed the the, the, the yeah. dynamic of the game. John Lundstrom going off, maybe wasn't without. It's not mean this meaning to sound disrespectful. Maybe wasn't a huge issue until the substitution came on. That was Malik Tillman. Now this isn't a discredit to Malik Tillman because we'll talk about him just in a wee minute, and it's absolutely not uh, anything against him. We just lost our shape. And people talk a lot about Rangers maybe don't need two defensive or two controlling midfielders. I think that kind of put that to bed. And Michael Beale spoke about it afterwards and said that he thought himself yeah. he'd made the wrong choice and he'd made the wrong substitution. And, and he kind of alluded to that himself. So that was interesting. Now, that was a big change 
because it did completely upset the balance. So Rangers were good going forward, but at times they maybe overplayed a wee bit. There were chances to get shots away. Michael Beale said they were fussy, and I agree with that yeah. completely as well. But the pod- the positives were that <coughs> excuse me that they ended the half really well. They ended it really strongly, and I actually said to the boys, I said this is our best chance of, of getting a goal because. At that point, Ross County were extremely deep. They were almost all in their box, and Rangers had penned them in. And what I like, Joshua, and I spoke to Michael Beale about this afterwards, was Connor Goldson stepped up superbly well and almost made himself like a six or eight. He was pushing forward in midfield, and he used that opportunity really well because he knew that Ross County were trying to get to the break. So there was things we done well, scored a really lovely goal. Great for Todd Cantwell to be yeah. involved in that. The way he was a lovely finish by Malik. Um, and then the second half, after the setback of the goal, which we'll cover, they, they responded again, they reset and, and they took the lead and, and they seen it through. And yes, look, it wasn't polished, it wasn't the best we've seen. It should have been out of sight at points, we've dipped to other points. It was really just a mirror image of games we've already seen, with Wednesday night being the exception. So... The most important thing is, Joshua, we're once again sitting here talking about a Rangers victory and it is in a good place to dissect it and look at a victory rather than dissecting it looking at other things. So yeah. it's two points and there's lots of lots of good things to discuss as well as the, the, the kind of worrying point. I think it's a great point uh, you raised, Stevie, about the two defensive midfielders um, because, as you say, it's something that Beal himself, and he wasn't prompted really to, he wasn't asked specifically about this, um, but he spoke about it after the game. He said that, that as you say, it referenced the balance of the team, because obviously the, the, the two midfielders, defensive midfielders, I think, has negative connotations. But if you think of what Glenn Kamara and Stephen Davis did in the most recent title-winning season, um, they obviously facilitate the, the two fullbacks to be really high in attacking. Um, but as well as that, they're really important in making sure that the opposition don't transition up the pitch and, and break away from pressure. It's something that Davis does so well uh, all the time uh, when he's playing, is counter-press and win the ball quickly back and stop the opposition getting out. I think there was some confusion about those comments being made because people would say, well, you know, Ross County didn't have a lot of chances, and, and that's a fair point. But I think back, to go back to you and kind of what Charlie's saying in this comment that I've got on the screen, uh, Stevie, it's about getting that balance right and, and working out for Rangers. It's not all, always necessarily going to be about getting the most attackers on the pitch as possible. Because if you wanted to do that, you could play a Hadji, a Tillman, Cantwell and Kent midfield. But that might not be the best midfield because you need the, the facilitators and the people to make sure that the Tillmans and the Cantwells can have um, the best possible performance. So do, do you think it showed that? Because to me, what it showed, it, it, it's always going to be probably, unless they tweak something with the fullbacks, a Raskin and a Jack or a Jack and a Kamara um, to facilitate the, the freedom of that front four ahead of them. Yeah, I think that. I think so. And Michael Beale commented, didn't he, said it would always be two from three that he would pick in there and he kind of highlighted yeah. it would be Lundstrom, Jack, <clears throat> Kamara. And obviously we've added um, Raskin into that. So yeah. I, I can understand... He said himself, look, he's a football fan, he wanted to have the attackers on, and he and that was his focus, you know, he wanted to try and entertain, and I get all that, but I think it was a good thing, a learning kind of point from for him as well, that, you know, too many cooks spoil the broth kind of thing, there was, there was overkill, and the players, 
the good thing about the likes of Tillman and, and Cantwell and Kent, they thrive in creating space and, and movement. There's, I always thought there was slightly too many of them, too many options, which meant there was the passing wasn't as quick. They overplayed. And mm. I think that's where, when Michael Beale says they're fussy, they're fussy yeah. I think that's what he meant. And that's maybe, weirdly, because we had too many options, there was too many yeah. people there. Whereas when it's a bit more balanced, needs to be quicker and they need to use more, you, you know, the, the more of the kind of options they've got up there. So you know tactics a lot more than me, Joshua. So I was kind of sitting there and I maybe don't see the things the way you see, but I just thought, I agree with what Michael Beale said, but like you, I thought it was interesting. And I thought it was really good that he just comes out and he's so honest and he says, look, yeah. I've maybe made a mistake there. I've maybe put on the wrong sub. He said that he thought that... Um, even surprised himself, and he certainly surprised his coaches when he put on yeah. Malik. And and I want people to know this isn't a criticism of Malik Tillman. I thought he was really good on Saturday again. Yeah. Um, he scored a cracking header. He, he had some lovely movement. The we the wee one that's kind of been highlighted that the on the touchline where he touches yeah. it and goes is, is superb. And he really is a, a lovely player. Not a criticism of him in any way, but I just think that balance and shape was lost, like the comment said there, and I think that's bang on. So. That was a huge moment in it early on, and um, that that kind of shifted things, um, and yeah. it made it a bit. I don't. I don't want to say awkward. That's not the right word. I just think that we became just what we've been talking about. We became a wee bit. Use Michael Beale's words. A wee bit fussy, and we overplayed yeah. it a wee bit. So well, that likeness of midweek, Joshua, wasn't quite there. Yeah, and I think you know you look at the previous however many games are on under Michael Beal, 12 or 11, it's always been either Sakala and Morelos and Tillman and Kent, or last week it was uh, Tillman, Kent and Cantwell behind Morelos. It hasn't been all five of them together. And I, I think at points that could work. I, as I say, I think if maybe one of the fullbacks is a little bit uh, deeper, I think teams you, you see generally, they want to have maybe four players as your maybe more defensive unit. And again, that doesn't mean necessarily that you're being too defensive. I think at home, I just think it's so important to have that balance and be able to to counter press and and stop the opposition from getting up the pitch. Um, Tillman definitely wasn't the problem, as you say, Stevie. I've written a piece about him this morning, which is on the website. I'll put it in the, the comment section as well. Um, he's so good. He, he, I just don't know what to say about him as opposed to last week, apart from the fact that I think this last week, and this is what the piece is written about, it takes a, a good look at some of his stats, which are really impressive. <laughs> it's shown that when Michael Beale said back in December, I think he's his best position is a number eight, and most people, probably myself included, thought, is he not better a bit higher up the pitch? I think the last week's shown why Beale wanted to do that, because you get two goals, two important goals, but you get three really good all-round performances. Tillman had the most pressures of any Rangers player against St. Johnston and Ross County, had the second most away at Hearts. Um, it's getting to the point, I think, where there's not even a discussion about should he sign permanently? For me, even though that discussion shouldn't really have existed in, in the first place, what more do you say about Malik Tillman, Stevie? Because I think I've said quite enough. It's quite funny because I'm going to tell everybody about your reaction on, on Saturday when you heard he wasn't starting in the team. It was like um, a boy had been let down on Christmas morning not getting that toy that he wanted. We know that you're a big, massive fan. And yes. um, I've always said on the show that I would be worried about our budget just in terms of if we were paying out such a high amount, £5 million, and we had, say, £10 million to spend. Now, I don't know 
those numbers are just my own. They're not in any way, but I'm just kind of speaking out yeah. loud if that was the situation. I think now the case is, somebody asked me on, on Saturday, they said to me, if Malik Tillman was ours and somebody came and offered £5 million, we would laugh it out of the park and say we yeah. want three times that. So I think when you look at it from that point of view and his form since Michael Beale came in, um, goals for and and, and um, goal involvements is incredibly high. I think it's almost higher than Joe Rebo's ever had in, in his best season. Now, I know that they're not similar and they weren't to replace each other, but for us, for that kind of attacking midfield option, they are looked upon like that. So they're always going to be kind of compared. Um, I think it's now becoming that no-brainer situation where yeah. it's such a an obvious outlay to pay. And, um, I, I, you know, with regards to him as a player, he's got a, I said this to you at half-time, I think, on Saturday, he's got a real ability, which I think is critical. But for a midfielder in that kind of eight, 10 position to be in the right place at the right time. Saturday shows you that. Um, he, he reads what Cantwell's going to do. Yeah. He gets in. It's a terrific header. It's mm. not until you see the angle and the photographs from behind the goal. <coughs> Excuse me. That <coughs> You see how good a finish it actually is. So, you know, all credit to him. But it's the little touches. He's got this ability like Joe Rebo does that he can almost control it in these situations where you don't think that he's going to get it. But I think he's much more effective in the press and much more effective in the, the tackle than perhaps we, we've had before in these positions. So, you know, all credit to him. I thought, again, he was really effective and really good. Um, and, you know, there's a just... I don't think there's too much more to say about it. I think we're yeah. all on board now. Everybody would say... There might be some like me maybe a wee bit worried financially of, of what it would mean or impact now, but... Like this, this, this boy's made me a complete believer, and I like to give people time. I think we spoke about this earlier, and I said we need to judge his performances round about April, May time, and then really make a decision. If he keeps going the way he is, then there'll be no questions at that point because what he needs, what I think would really seal it is a, a big cup final performance, like a big goal, a big you know, and then everybody would just be like, this boy has to stay, but. For me, it's, it's getting to that point already. It really was terrific. That header on Saturday, a lovely team goal, Joshua. Yes, it, it is. Really good. So it's just the way Goldson pushes up, like I said. He manages, I think he feeds it to... Um, they, they manage to get it to Cantwell and his little one-two with Alfredo and the clip ball. He reads that and, and makes that dart to get there and times it perfectly. So he also... i seen the comment before about his through ball to Tavernier, which he had yeah. perfectly as well. So, you know, another really promising performance and lovely little cameo moments during the game that, that really influence and help the club. Well, I think if you take his performance overall, you, you look at those through balls on the right-hand side, and that was really obvious in the game at, um, at Hamden, I think, where you're seeing the success of that right-sided triangle. Um, and he can do that. He can play with his back to goal on the left. He can run beyond. He can drive through the middle of the pitch. The thing is, there's not much that he can't do. And that's why I think Michael Beale wanted to play him deeper because, as you say, Stevie, off the ball, he's been excellent as well. I wasn't part of the group who thought he didn't work hard earlier in the season. I think at times in the, the Champions League, he looked a bit naive off the ball. But you have to remember how bad that team performed there. I don't think a 20-year-old Loney 
um, was the was the main issue. Even if he did have a few bad performances, that's going to happen in your first season. I think a, a better question, Stevie, is when was the last time a twenty year old came and impacted the first team like this? When was the last time a lone player came in and impacted the, the first team like this? I think a, a transfer is an absolute no-brainer. And I totally agree with you on the finishes because it's not an easy finish, much like the one at Tynecastle, which he makes look easy. Um, but I think the, the expected goals to post shot, expected goals went from something like 0 0.15 to 0 0.9, which just means it was a good finish, basically. So um, great to see him continue his good, good form. We'll speak about a few more players. We're going to speak about the goalkeeping position, and the brief sighting we've seen of Nico Raskin as well. But Todd can't, uh, Cantwell, I thought he was excellent as well, Stevie. Um, if this is him after only two games, then I think there's a lot more to come when he's even more um, sharp and, and, and at full fitness. But I thought the, the first goal in particular, there's a, a good still in the, the article that I've just put in, which shows, I think he's got six county players ahead of him. Intelligent one-two with Morelos, who is strong to, to hold it off and, and play back into Cantwell, and he picks out Tillman. But overall, he was man of the match, and, and I thought deservedly so. Speaking to Adam on um, on Saturday, also a guest of Rangers Review um, show occasionally, and he, he, he said something I really agreed with which was he's got a, a kind of graceful glide to him, the way he moves with the ball. <clears throat> and I could really see that on uh, on Saturday. I just thought he used it really well. He knows when to quickly pop it off and then when to hold on to it and maybe move with the ball, which I really liked. Um, intelligence to, to play that ball to Morelos and then keep his run going, but also to stay on his feet. He wasn't clipped as such, but there was contact. He maybe slightly went down and got up lifted his head, put it right on a plate because he can see Tillman making that run. So, excellent. I said when he first came, um, I don't know if you remember, that I said that he might be involved in a lot of kind of second assists and, and moves and things like that. Now, that's him already on on um, in, in two games in, basically. He's, he's had a second assist and then an assist on Saturday. Midweek against Hearts, he, he, I think he played Connor Goldson in. And he yeah. had that. He's he's got that ability to play those little passes. Now, we've managed to get Malik Tillman on on one side, who's capable of that. But if you look at the dynamic of the team now compared to what it was maybe last year, hmm. we've added that. What we now need to add is the people on the end of those passes. But we've solved the problem of being able to break the lines because I really feel like these boys can do that. And they're the ones that can break teams down. What we need to add, and the big question now is, and it's something the manager said a good few weeks ago in one of his pressers, he said, we need to add goals. I think we all know that. So if we can get there, then I think that's a really positive thing. But Todd Cantwell, I think already in his cameo glimpses, um, 60 minutes this last week, 80 minutes this week, a good 15, 20 minutes during the week, he's already shown us enough to think, well, we can be really kind of positive about what we're going to see about this boy. He can dig in as well. He, he, he puts a shift in um, and I think he's going to I think he's going to do really well. So yeah, really pleased with him on Saturday. I thought he had um, a kind of understated game, if that's, yeah. that's the way to, to kind of say it. I, I agreed with, well actually I was between him and Goldson for man of the match on, on Saturday. I thought Connor was particularly strong, but um, all credit to him, he, he looks he looks fairly decent so far. Yeah, actually, the I think it was a chance where Tillman carried it up the whole pitch and, and played it to Morelos um, on 
I think it was on the left-hand side. He played it across the box. It was a good opportunity. That all started with Cantwell winning the ball just um, outside his own box. So I totally agree with you, Stevie, that um, I thought he did a lot of things um, really well at the weekend. Um, let's speak about uh, Raskin before we get into the goalkeeper debate again. I know we've spoken about it a hundred times and everyone's probably bored of it, Stevie, but we, we have to reference it after the weekend. Only 10 minutes, but I thought you saw some bright sparks from Raskin. Um, again, like Cantwell, it's encouraging that he's going right into the team, even if, albeit, he didn't start because these players are here to make an impact between now and the end of the season. I thought, in a, in a, a very small way, and obviously it is just a cameo, you saw him be able to be strong in duels and carry the ball forwards. Beal was speaking after about how he's a real technician and he can play a, as a number eight or a number six. I think, again, there's a lot to be excited about Rask and Stevie and by the sounds of things. And, you know, we were both there at his opening press conference on, on Friday. He seems to be right up for it, doesn't he? Yeah, listen, um, we have complained or we have referenced for a long time that midfield needs some energy, some um, some ability to kind of move it quickly, a wee bit of pace about it. Um, and we, we've said that for a long time. And then that 10 minutes on Saturday, it just brought a huge smile to my face because I was generally sitting thinking, this boy's got it. Like, this boy looks almost too good for us already. And that's only on a brief cameo. He was sharp. He, he, he won tackles, he didn't shirk the physical side of it, and he and he had a wee bit of pace about him, Josh, yeah, he started to, to drive forward, and a lot of it, he likes to quickly use the ball, and that's what I've seen a lot of on on um, on Saturday, so I can't wait to see more of him, really can't, and if he's going to be, the dynamic of him potentially sitting in next to a Ryan Jack or a Lundstrom or a Kamara suddenly makes our midfield so much different because He's a drive, he's the energy. <laughs> and I think that he could be really interesting. Yeah. Um, and that little bit of pace, that little bit of excitement, um, that little bit he's, he's like a wee buzzsaw, like a, a little a little um bundle of energy in that midfield that we've maybe not had. It's not a criticism, I don't mean it to sound like that. It's just we've needed that. We've needed yeah. that pace, that that little burst. If you can get that and, and get him comfortable next to somebody then have the attacking options in front of them. It's really quite exciting. So I liked everything about it. I wasn't sure about his socks. I know that's created a, a big debate online. And uh, the kit man, Jim McAllister, posted a, a nice picture. One of the big socks, and then it's the sock that's got the wee cut off. Then it says, and they're like, are we paying a baby sock? So it's quite funny um, to see that as well. But um, I think if that's the only thing we can talk about, then it's a great... Great cameo. Great way to start. Yeah, hopefully we'll see a lot more of him on Sunday as well. Yeah, well, Alan leads us on nicely. Stevie says, Raskin to start on Sunday. Um, question here saying, first impressions of Raskin were promising, looking for the ball, happy to drive or play the quick ball, heads up, hopefully more to come. Uh, some more questions. Craig getting in touch all the way from Nashville, but it's nicer over there than it is in Glasgow today, Craig. But just finally, Stevie, it's a... a Point that Colin raises and a point lots of people have raised over the course of the season and today, the goalkeeping debate that just won't go away um, for Rangers. Michael Beale continued to rotate his keepers. I think after two games already in the week, there's not too much controversial about that, given the you know the number of games that McLaughlin's coming in for in the past. But maybe some question marks over his um, when he when he's been coming for crosses. Uh, Jordan White obviously with a big strong header, but. Similar in a way to, to the Kilmarnock game where Rangers looked weak defending crossed balls at points. 
I think it's just it's, there's nothing new to say on this, Stevie. I think the rotation will continue. We know that Beal says McGregor's the number one, but there's probably going to be an element of rotation because of his age as much as anything. But it's an issue that's not going to go away until the summer, especially given Rory McC- uh, Robbie McCrory sorry, is still out, I think still three to four weeks away, Beal said, at his press conference with an injury. Yeah, that's what I was about to say. So just clarify that one. Robbie McCrory is unavailable, we think, a month or so before he even gets back into training. So you're looking at him potentially not being ready until somewhere around mid-March, end of end of March, start of April. So we can discount him at the moment in time. Alan McGregor can't play every single game. Now, the issue we've got is that John McLaughlin has always been steady. He's always looked really good until it came to Ajax and Celtic this year. He suddenly conceded he had a a terrible performance at Parkhead. I don't like to to be that harsh, but it was he was at fault for all of them basically and he had a really bad mistake and that's had a detrimental effect on him, I think, confidence wise. He, he's come in and looked all right. He he done well up at Ross County, but Kamarnik and then the game on Saturday, I think he just looked he looked really unsteady. He looked unconfident when he was coming for stuff. He's miles away from the, the goal. He either he either comes earlier or he stays in his line, tries to save yeah. it. He came late and he's miles away for it. Um, so there's a, a bit of problem there. Kamarnik wasn't a good performance either. So interesting now because you said that we don't really need to rotate now because it's not much. So I'll be interested yeah. It goes. I think there's big changes coming in the summer with regard to the goalkeeping situation. Now, that's an easy thing to say. We all know that. But what I mean by that is people think Alan McGregor will automatically go. I also think that. I think there's big questions over John McLaughlin now as well because John McLaughlin isn't homegrown. Robbie McCrory is. That's a big thing for him. Mm. Would they then consider putting one of the younger ones, Kieran Wright's out of contract in the summer, would he get another one and pushed up to third choice, that's another homegrown spot for us. So that's immediately two out of your three goalkeepers that we have to have are, are now homegrown in Scottish. So that might be play a big part. John might decide himself that he's getting to a point where he needs to play every week at this at this stage. So it's going to be an interesting. I think there might be a wee shake-up there in terms of one and two positions. But for Robbie, I still think Robbie's best chance is getting the games after the split, where I think Potentially, there's going to be some big games for us in there, but it might not be the the kind of race that we hope it is at that point if things continue to go the way they are. So I still think that's his best possibility. But look, we need a number one. No disrespect to Alan. I think he's had a tremendous Rangers career. He's rightly spoken about up there as probably the closest to Andy Gorham. Um, But we definitely need a number one. What happens beside him? I think there's starting to be wee question marks over whether or not John is going to be second choice or, or whatever happens there. But I would agree with all the comments. It was it was a really poor goal to lose. Do you know what I wanted to quickly add, Joshua, before we end? <clears throat> People might have seen the the highlights on BBC One on Sports Scene that indicate that Ross County had a shot that was tipped over the bar and then from that corner they score. That's not how that goal happened at all. Why do I say this? Is because... Malik Tillman blocks the corner, uh, the, the cross attempt, actually hits the Ross County boy and goes out for a corner. It's from that corner that they score from. 
And I found it really interesting the way it was edited because we've seen a lot over the last couple of weeks talking about Rangers celebrating Rangers goals and a lot of fuss being made about that. Ross County scored at the weekend from a corner that wasn't even theirs. Now, it happens. Nobody's made a big deal of it. But I just wonder if Rangers had done it, would it be so silent and would it have covered the same way? I'm not sure it was, but just a wee thing, Joshua. It certainly wasn't the way it came about on Saturday, that's for sure. Well, I'm sure the sure the sports scene editor would say it would be Stevie, but we'll leave you with that. Uh, thanks very much, everyone, for your company this afternoon rather than this morning. Uh, I'll be back this week. Stevie will be back uh, at some point as well, back at the normal time of half past nine tomorrow morning, so hopefully... Uh, the routine uh, isn't altered in any way at all. But until then, thanks very much for joining us. Remember to keep up to date over on the website. Enter into the free competition to win who, uh, two hospitality tickets um, for the weekend's game against Partick Thistle. And until then, we will speak to you later. <laughs>